On the 19th of September, Mexico was hit by an earthquake that left over 300 people dead and many more homeless. It struck exactly 32 years after another major earthquake that killed thousands in Mexico City, sparking a movement that had a lasting impact on Mexican society. The government faced great public anger after the most recent earthquake, but the inspiring public response has generated optimism that some good can come of this disaster. My name is Stephen Woodman. And I'm Duncan Tucker. You're listening to Viva Mexico, a podcast from Guadalajara offering news and views on Mexico in the age of Trump. This month we'll be discussing the impact of the recent earthquake and we'll be speaking to Susana Ochoa, a member of Wikipolitica, a movement of millennials who have been transforming local politics from the bottom up. Susana is a feminist activist. She runs the communications for Pedro Kumamoto, the independent congressman who we interviewed in episode one of this podcast. And she recently announced that she's going to run for the Jalisco State Congress in next year's elections. It was a really interesting interview with Susanna, but apologies in advance because we weren't able to get the best recording. Uh, We had to do it in the Hall of Congress. And who knew that it was so lively in Congress? It sounded like a prison yard or a train station. (laughs) Uh, When we first walked in, they were playing Thriller. Michael Jackson's thriller, so not really what you expect from the hallowed halls of Jalisco lawmaking, really. No, maybe we could use that as a, the theme tune for this, this podcast from now on. <laughs> well, Pedro Kumamoto's office was busy, so we'll give them a pass, but the rest of them, we wonder what they're doing in there, really. Having witnessed the amazing public response to the deadly earthquake, we asked Susanna whether she thinks there's an opportunity to build on this newfound sense of solidarity and organisation to create a fairer and more open society. Well, I see two things. The first is that um, there's future for our country because people are willing to take the hand of the people that's next to them to rebuild what happened in, in, in Mexico City. But I see a danger too because people are don't trust the institutions, but I don't think the way is to reject institutions because actually the government and institutions are the first ones that could avoid what happened. Because, well, you, you have seen maybe that a lot of the buildings that were built were um, because of corruption. They didn't build like they were supposed to be and, and so. So I, what I see is we can open an opportunity to replace the government that we have right now, but not replace the government as an institution. So what do you think about this idea that we need government institutions? Because Mexico is quite a weak state, isn't it? And... Often it seems that the government doesn't do enough. Yeah, we saw in 1985 with the the earthquake that struck then and then again with last week's earthquake that the government response has been lacking and civilians have taken it upon themselves to actually organise and uh, lead their rescue operations and, and get aid to the people in need. But I think there are several dangers going forwards. One thing is that there's been a lot of discussion about reducing or completely eliminating the public funding of political parties in Mexico and using that money to help earthquake victims. Now, obviously, the government does need to provide as much funding as possible, as much as people need to, to, to give all the aid and relief that the people to, to people who are affected by this. But um, I don't think it would be wise to completely eliminate all public funding of political parties. Um, In episode one of this podcast, we spoke to Pedro Kumamoto about his initiative to reduce public funding. And I think that was a a good initiative and it was passed here in the state of Jalisco because there is an obscene amount of money spent in Mexico on on political parties. But if you completely eliminate it, then that 
leads to outside groups such as corporations and organised crime having a, an even bigger influence on, on the funding of political parties than they do at the moment. Um, one of the things that Susanna mentioned as well was uh, Naomi Klein's shock doctrine and this idea that people can benefit, capitalists can benefit from, from natural disasters or human disasters. And she, she mentioned that we still, we still need the state. We mustn't forget that the state is supposed to protect people and come to their rescue. You can't just leave it all to, to private groups to do that. So what's the source of all this public anger and who is it directed at? Well, it's mostly been directed at politicians who have been using this earthquake for political gain. So you've had some government officials who have been actually chased out of the, the, the scenes of the disaster by the public because they think they're just using it as a photo opportunities. And there's also a lot of suspicion and distrust that government politicians are hijacking or diverting the aid that's being sent to protect these people, and they're using it for political purposes. There was one governor, I think, in, in Veracruz who was putting his state government logo on, on all of the donations that have been coming in and making it look like he was behind that. And this this goes all the way to the top, doesn't it? Because there's a video of Mexican President Enrique Peña Nieto, and he's trying to gather people together for a photo opportunity. Yeah, and he was just laughing away behind the scenes and... They were trying to make it look like they were doing a kind of human chain where everyone was passing parcels along to each other, but it was just completely uh, staged. And 12 days before the most recent earthquake, there was another earthquake that struck southern Mexico. And you had, in in that case, you had the first lady of the southern state of Chiapas and her husband's the governor. And those two a pair maybe could give... Trump and Melania run for their money in terms of weird political couples. But anyway, she's a former pop singer who released a video at a site that was damaged during the earthquake. And she introduced herself saying that her hair was in a mess and she wasn't properly made up. But she didn't mind because what was important was helping the victim. So it kind of really just highlighted how inept some of these people are that well, it's good that she's got her priorities in order, at least. <laughs> but, um, yeah, another thing that I noticed, I went to one of the collection centres here in Guadalajara where people were bringing in aid, and every single donation, whether it was food or clothing or medicine, the volunteers had to get marker pens and scribble out the barcodes and write, write donations on every single item because there's so much mistrust and so much suspicion that somewhere down the line the government's going to get hold of these donations and then use them either sell them on again or or use them as handouts when around election time to win votes and is there much evidence that some of these political figures are diverting donations and funds we know that in morelos which was the state that was worst affected by the most recent earthquake there have been deliveries that have arrived there that have been gathered by grassroots volunteers and the government has been trying to divert these uh, vans or lorries and use them as if they were coming straight from the government and take credit for them whereas they were actually just come from ordinary people so it's more trying to repackage them and claim credit for them rather than people trying to kind of steal these medical supplies. Yeah, although there was also a case of, in the previous earthquake, there was aid being delivered to Oaxaca, and I think the one of the vehicles was damaged or crashed on the way, and a lot of people came along and actually stole all of the aid. In that case, we don't know what kind of circumstances the people that were living in the, the people that stole it were living in maybe they were being badly affected by poverty as well but it, it upset quite a lot of Mexicans to see people kind of shamelessly stealing aid that was meant for earthquake victims 
And what about foreign aid? Is that at risk at all? Well, there was one case yesterday where the Canadian government tweeted that they'd sent 1,500 tents to Mexico to be given to people who had lost their homes in the earthquake. And a few hours later, Mexico's tax authority tweeted saying that they'd received 750 tents from Canada. And that immediately raised suspicion. A lot of people on social media are asking, what's going on? Where have the other 750 tents gone? Have they just been stolen by government employees or what? And then after this kind of reaction on social media, the Mexican Mexican government tweeted again a few hours later saying, oh, we've suddenly uh, received the other 750 tents now. So it's a good thing they didn't disappear. (laughs) Moving on, Susana Ochoa is part of a feminist collective called Conasotras, who urge people to boycott any forums that don't have a single female speaker. She explained why it's so vital for more women's voices to be heard in Mexico. So Conosotras, it's it's a small organization with people, with women uh, um, that are part of other political parties. And what we saw is that women are right now not represented, not only in politics, but in academia, in medicine, in technology. I see there's a big um, trust bridge between what we women think that we can do and then do. And so we try to visualize that. And we uh, wrote a manifesto that actually started to like make people talk about that, no? about the quotas and stuff. So we started a public discussion about that because women already doing stuff in Mexico. They are part of the resistance. They organize with um, neighborhoods and stuff, but they are not where the decisions are happening. Sure. I think our country is historically um, machista. I mean, you learn it in your house, you learn it in your school, so it's something that you have in your mind. So we as feminists have a lot of uh, work to do to make people understand yeah. that this is a subject that is still happening. Yeah. Because a lot of people think that because we can vote, that because we can work, that's the other thing that you have to do. But there's a lot of machismo still in our DNA. A lot of women that are now representing other women um, they are just replicating the, the bad politics. Yeah. I think that we women we, who want to raise hands and want to be elected for office, we need to take a step back and, and think how are we not going to replicate the same um, practice. So, Duncan, there was this horrific case a couple of weeks ago where Mara Castilla, a 19-year-old student, was murdered after a night out with friends by a cabify driver in Puebla. What was the reaction like in Mexico? Well, it happened just before the Independence Day celebrations here. And it it really put a downer on the weekend for a lot of people. There were many people on social media saying, you know, why should we go out and celebrate? We haven't got much to celebrate in a country where seven women are murdered every day. And it it kind of highlighted this problem of of femicides and, and misogynistic violence in Mexico. Um, there was a big demonstration. I went along to the one in, in Guadalajara, and there were about 2,000 people there. But this kind of thing seems to happen all the time here, but this, this one case seemed to really strike a chord with people. And there's a tendency in Mexico for female victims to be blamed for their murders, accused of dressing the wrong way or being in the wrong place. And there was a, f- a few months before this horrific murder... Uh, the victim, Mara Castillo, had actually sent a tweet because she was part of this hashtag campaign on 
Twitter, which was if they kill me. And she actually had tweeted if if they kill me, it's because I like to go out with my friends and uh, drink beer. Yeah. And, and even even after she was killed, there were some people on Twitter saying, oh, what was she doing alone after a night out or like five in the morning on a school night and stuff? And it's just like this terrible tendency to like completely judge female victims of violence here in a way that wouldn't never happen with a, a male victim of violence. So going back to Susanna for a minute, this this movement that she's part of, uh, Wikipolitica, has grown from a small local group to a national movement. And they recently announced that they're going to field candidates in Jalisco, Mexico City, Yucatan State and Mexico's federal congress in next year's elections. We asked Susanna about the challenges they've faced and what she's learned from her experiences with them. Well, I learned a lot. There's been, well, we have been working like for three years now. Um, I learned that fear is, um, you, ha- you have to face fear. And I learned that um, a lot of things are possible if you work with other people that also think that things are possible. I see there there's a lot of people that want to raise their hand to build another type of country. And Duncan, you went along to this festival organised by Wikipolitica this month. Yeah, it was a, an event called The Occupation. It was a, a three-day event where they had different talks and workshops. Um, there were about 2,000 people that ended up going, including they had activists that come all the way from Argentina and Brazil to take part. And they basically, over the course of these different workshops, they put together a 10-point manifesto of, of what Wikipolitica wants to do moving forward. And I thought it was quite interesting to see a completely kind of organic political platform put together over the course of a couple of days of, of interaction rather than the kind of top-down policy decisions you see from most of the established parties in Mexico. Moving on to Donald Trump, what was his reaction to the earthquakes in Mexico? Well, after the first one, he didn't say anything for about six days, even though Mexico had just offered to send aid to Houston after the hurricane that hit there. But he, he didn't uh, reciprocate and then finally after about six days he sent a tweet out saying that he'd spent three days trying to contact the Mexican president Enrique Peña Nieto but he didn't have any phone signal which sounds like the kind of excuse that like a primary school student has for not doing their homework. He also ended uh, DACA the deferred action for childhood arrivals which basically means deporting thousands of dreamers including many people who have never lived in Mexico and some who don't even speak Spanish so it'll be extremely difficult for some of them to, to adapt to life in what's basically a foreign country. If you want to support the victims of the recent earthquakes in Mexico, we'll be tweeting out links to trusted organisations that are taking donations. And if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, you can see the links in the description below. Viva Mexico. You've been listening to Viva Mexico, a podcast from Guadalajara bringing you news and views on Mexico and the age of Trump. If you enjoy this podcast, you can support us by liking our new Facebook page, where we'll be sharing video clips of our interview with Susanna. You can also subscribe to our channels on YouTube and iTunes, and you can follow us on Twitter at VivaMexPodcast. Podcast.